Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of On the Flank, episode number two. I'm your host, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, I'm excited. Assuming people are coming back. We'll, we'll, pro- we'll probably retain an audience. I, I, we'll, retain, <laughs> we'll retain a very big audience, I'll tell you that. Um, this past weekend, I mean, we had All-Star Weekend. It felt like Overwatch League was back. It really did. We were back in the old Blizzard Arena. All, all our old friends were back, the casters, the talent, all the all the best players in the league showed up. I mean, it felt awesome. What do you think overall? Let's just talk overall thoughts. Let's start off before we get into results of individual events. Just overall feelings about about this amazing event, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, it's interesting, the, like the feeling... Uh, like you're talking about, you know, because we've we've had it off for so long, um, haven't been back in LA for, um, you know, even longer after the grand finals in New York. But yeah, it almost felt like they were trying to uh, so, sort of squeeze in as much stuff as they possibly could, which was which was good. That was uh, that's exactly what they should have gone for. You know, it felt like an entire weekend of uh, of games almost. Um, just put into, or you know, an entire regular season week of games just put into those two days. It was, it was real nice. Uh, uh, well, well produced, well, well advertised. I thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I had tons of fun watching it. Um, there's no about, doubt about that. They put a lot of effort into it too. They did not just throw it to the side and say, "Ah, oh, this is just the All Star Weekend." They put a lot of effort into the production and to what uh, events they wanted to go on and to. Uh, like even Atlantic and Pacific like had their own sort of identities you know with with their like logo designs and with their skin designs and all that they like really went for a theme with that too which it just felt like there's a lot of effort overall in the entire event yeah exactly they they could have gone with um you know just have all the players playing their own heroes um using skins for their team but no they went out and designed just for this event Atlantic and Pacific skins that they all had yeah, uh, which I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, with own unique colors, I liked. I liked the colors too. Really fitting. Um, and I'm even a little like, surprised. I'm a little surprised they didn't uh, just make it. Uh, they didn't try to sell us those skins too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't, which is interesting. Um, they, prob- they, even, they probably could though. People would probably buy it. Yeah, and they even had they added like Atlantic had like a wavy pattern for like Atlantic and Pacific had like a classic Pacific sort of pattern remind me of like hawaii or like the movie moana yeah um and yeah it just overall it was cool and by the end honestly like that final shot of just all the casters and production and crew made me like realize like oh this is like kind of a farewell to season one of overwatch league too and it it got me real emotional about the whole weekend too i was like oh yeah i should i guess i should have been watching it with that perspective too like this is <laughs> This is it. This is the end of season one completely right here. Yeah, after it's gone on every week for eight months, you know, you just sort of get used to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you you shed a tear as you see as, as you see the final curtain close, kind of. Uh, but yeah. But then, it, of course, we'll be back in November. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Um, yeah, but I, I, that was an exciting exciting event for sure if we want to let's just dive into each event individually we can show our critiques what we thought um of course the first event of them all lucio ball like i mentioned last week joe is a lucio ball expert <laughs> and 
I believe he should be the one to do this deep dive on the on the Lucio Ball event that kicked it all off. Um, go go right ahead, Jeff. Well, uh, I guess first of all, we'll say uh, Atlantic won. Atlantic Division won two games to one. Um, it, it's it's pretty exciting I, if you watch. Uh, you know, if you're someone who watches Lucio Ball, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it, the, the whole the whole match was only like half an hour, uh, which I don't. I, th- I thought it was odd the way they uh, set out the schedule they, that they included a lot more time for that than they needed, but it worked out. Um, as far as we, as far as the uh, MVPs for each division, it probably had to be uh, Poco, I think, uh, for the Atlantic, including scoring uh, game three tie-breaking overtime goal. Uh, you go back and watch that; it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then probably Fisher for Pacific. Uh, just you know, you wouldn't think. Uh, main tank, off tank player would be uh, so good at Lucio Ball, but no, they were <laughs> they yeah. were all over the place. I agree with those MVPs completely. Fisher was Fisher just brings. It seems like he brings the tenacity to almost any competition. He's yeah. going to try his hardest and uh, come out swinging. He definitely did Lucio Ball, and it's hilarious how Poco had never even played Lucio Ball <laughs> before. Just just about to say that, yeah, he came out with a, a tweet afterwards. He's like. Uh, yeah, uh, I've never played them before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was MVP. He won it for for Atlantic, and um, that's that's as as uh, Golden Boy said, and a bunch of people <laughs> glossed over the plan for Atlantic the entire the the, the entire time. Their motto of sorts was uh, no plan, no practice, <laughs> no, no, no practice, plan. No plan. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> kept saying that a couple times too. <laughs> no practice, no plan. <laughs> which is exactly what you want for an all-star weekend it's not a, it's not a competitive sort of thing it's 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 fun you know everyone we want everyone to just be having fun good old time entertainment you know um lucio ball though personally i i last week i was i was skeptical on lucio ball i watched it i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it more than i thought it was going to it was fun and it seemed like there was like a meta that kind of uh, kind of evolved as the games went on and the, the, watching these pro players play like it was actually a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be and there was tons of strategy in it when you don't have to worry about mechanics at all you know lots of other things become more evident <laughs> yeah exactly um, and just seeing how many people put they put back in goal seeing when they rotate and all this stuff and I mean that I did not expect it. Honest, I'll be honest with you. I did not expect these these people to be so good at Lucio Ball, but I enjoyed if you, it. If you're, if you're trying to do some last minute climbing and uh, competitive ladder, you can go watch that match. See if you can pick up something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the next event was Mystery Heroes. Atlantic also won this one two to one. Uh, what did you think of Mystery Heroes? I mean, just. Uh, you could say that about all these events, but I mean, it was fun. It was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Atlantic, uh, again, yeah, taking that, um, yeah, just seeing seeing some of the comps they ran out with. Uh, like I remember Nepal Sanctum, um, one of the teams might have been Atlantic, uh, came out with two Reinhardts and two Orisas, uh, which uh, yeah. even against, even against Double Junkrat, which I think is what they were facing at the time, you know, that's it's really hard to bust. Uh, we we finally did see some Symmetra. Um we Symmetra. did on Sunday too, but but there was there was some Symmetra on Saturday and the Mystery Heroes. Um, you know, we saw you know, like all the heroes. I mean <laughs> that's that's how it goes. Um oh, yeah. yeah, they played Nepal and um what, Ilios and what was 
Oasis. Yeah. Yeah, they did play the Jank Tower. Control maps. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun <laughs> to watch. Trying to re- control maps, trying to restore some semblance of order to, <laughs> to <laughs> Mr. Um, Heroes. Yeah, I think this proved how how good uh, support heroes are, though. And with lots of Atlantic had lots of double Brigitte cops. It's <laughs> true. It's those were <laughs> very good. At one point, they had five supports. I think, and like a Lucio, Mercy, double Brigitte, Zenyatta, alongside <laughs> yeah. a Hammond. <laughs> and that Did was you, yeah. The, the hamster just never dies. <laughs> yep, that was definitely. Uh, that was my favorite comp to see um, out of the entire weekend. I think Custa was on like Junkrat a lot. I think <laughs> Custa's a great shot caller and a great support, but when I saw him on the other heroes, he he wasn't as good. Yeah, well, he was playing on a team with five Koreans. So yeah, that, that's that's you know. also true. Same with Muma, right? Was there? Any uh, other yeah, there? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, right. I remember. Uh, In fact. So he asked him after if they like even tried to communicate with Muma. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. But um, yeah, Mister uh, Heroes, that was it, fun. Yeah, it was it was Muma and London and Libero. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it it was fun to watch. It was. I thought it was gonna get boring as it moved on, but we just kept seeing more and more ridiculous comps, and I and I was enjoying it. Um, and I'm I'm glad that at the very beginning of competitive play they got rid of the ability to uh, have more than one of the same hero because there's oh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt in my mind people would be double Lucioing, double Brigitteing, all this all this stuff if we still had that and it would be super annoying. Yeah. Widow one v one. I was super hyped about this last week, and I think it lived up to the hype. This is I enjoyed Widow One v One the most um, out of any event. It was it they were all all the matches were pretty much super close. Carpe Striker was probably the only one that was not close, uh, but they, it was fun to just to to see them uh, try to snipe each other's head off. I thought it was very smart to do headshots only as well. Yeah. We end up with something like the uh, like the Pine Striker round in the quarterfinals that they were that uh, eventually devolved every round into you know they're standing three feet apart from each other and just yeah. wiggling the mouse around furiously, just trying to hide the head hit box, dancing, <laughs> dancing all around. Uh, but yeah, yeah, some of them devolved into that, but that was even entertaining in itself, right there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, um, I really enjoyed watching it on Castillo for sure because that was like this very small, uh, confined, and that's might be one of the reasons why Striker was so good on that map because he was good at hitting the closer headshots for sure. Um, I enjoyed that map a lot. Um, and I guess we can just talk about the final for it too here. Um, sure, four ended up winning it all and <laughs> had the most Canadian speeches after every single time he won. <laughs> definitely <laughs> i like how it, it was it was good that it was sure versus carpe at the end because they were almost the opposite in their speeches carpe was very cocky very like doesn't matter <laughs> I what i think sure for was like any of us could win you know we're all great yeah we're all it, we're all great it, at widow <laughs> and it's not even our skill it's the yeah. skill of our teams you know? <laughs> like honestly we shouldn't even be on stage here it should be the rest of our team <laughs> We're not even the skilled ones. We just sit here and, you know, do whatever. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd have to say the best match though was uh, Shofar versus Soon in the in the semifinals. Uh, you know, not only just because of the battle for A and all battle for LA and all that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, LA Gladiators, LA Valiant, but then also the, the game-winning shot. If you remember, oh, uh, they're they're on yeah. Castillo, or just, so that so that must have been Shofar versus uh, Fleta. Yeah, in, the quarter, in the quarterfinals because it was on Castillo. Yeah. Uh, Game-winning shot, fade away, falling off the map. <laughs> yeah, just as like... Uh, it was insane. Semler and Hex had mentioned that earlier, saying... Oh, yeah, they should get, get two points. <laughs> and then Shifford did it. That was... Yeah, that was definitely... I think that was the shot of the night for sure. That was... <laughs> That was an amazing shot, but I always I like I enjoy Surefour winning. I've I've always enjoyed Surefour. He's been here for a long time, obviously, um, and he he's super flexible and he he changes his. He talked about it on stage. He changes his sensitivity almost every time he like comes out to play. I think so. He's just he he really cares, I guess, about about stuff like that and. He deserved the win there. He beat he beat Carpe nice and easy. I thought Carpe was going to win it all. I think we both predicted Carpe, didn't we? Yeah, I, I know I did. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, Philadelphia Fusion fan, of course. <laughs> um, but it was it was a close one. I enjoyed it. You know, one thing I noted was, uh, you know, they played uh, the quarterfinals and semifinals. They played to seven. Uh, then obviously the finals was to nine. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting. You mentioned. Uh, there were what six quarterfinal and semifinal matches, um, and I think four or five of them went all the way to seven to six. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, um, you know, on the one hand, if they had extended it, uh, would one or the other widow have won more decisively? Oh, yeah. um, but anyway, but on the other hand, um, that I thought the length was was like uh, appropriate. I thought because certainly if you if you got much longer in the rounds, it would start getting more tedious. Yeah, I even thought maybe like seven might have been a bit too long. Um, and I think yeah. originally they had the finals going up to ten, and I think they moved it down to nine maybe because they thought the seven was too long. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, overall I agree with Sure4 too and what you're saying, if the rounds would have gone a little longer. I agree that any of these, if they played forever, anyone could have just like come out on top. It seemed like they were just going back and forth and back and could, forth. Everybody. Could have been like a hundred ninety-eight to two hundred or something. <laughs> exactly. No one like stuck out as like, oh, this guy's just the best widow by far. I thought Carpe was gonna do that after he just destroyed Striker, but then Sherfor ended up beating him. Um, but Carpe didn't. Carpe didn't even, you know, come out as like the most insane widow it seems like on any day someone can be the best widow and that's what that's what i hypothesized from the season that's what this is showing me like i it, overall it just seems like everyone everyone's the best widow um and surefor is right it's whoever has the best teammates to back up that widow and position her well any other thoughts on widow before we go to the main of everyone's main event the talent takedown yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, but this this will be this will be good to good to hear. <laughs> yeah, talent takedown. So tons of hype behind this match. Tons of trash talk um, going into this match. Uh, Pacific versus Atlantic, of course. Pacific, uh, one notable man on their team. Reinforce. He's a <laughs> pro player um, alongside uh, a bunch of casters in town. On the other side, you got big talkers like like Bren. You got Sideshow. Um, and was Uber, Uber Atlantic? I think, yeah. Uber was Atlantic. He was also a big trash talker. Trash talking <laughs> Monty like crazy. 
Um, you got Golden Boy Malik, the controller console boys. Um, overall, so much hype going into this match. This was what everybody was looking forward to. Um, and mainly because of that trash talk, Pacific ended up winning 2-0. to zero. Did you expect this result? Um, I guess uh, i mean i didn't have i didn't have very much of a prediction uh you know just because it's, it's not uh not very many things that you can put into that but i mean uh it, it was worth noting that uh reinforce didn't carry on main tank um uh, that uh, i assume probably because of uh, his obligations with team sweden you know he, he didn't want to show off all his fancy strats or whatever unless you count uh, him in his main tank because he did play that's, that's, that's true it's true, but yeah, lots of lots of Sombra also, um, yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, they played Kingsrow and Gibraltar. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, like I said, you you say that about every single every single event this weekend. But it was it was a good match. It was fun to watch. Uh, the, you know, they had uh, the, um, before every round of every map, they would turn on one team's comms, since so you could hear them talking about the composition, um, and also trash talking as they did it you know uh, obviously just showing off for the camera you know obviously the best part of the match was when uh they reported monty for sandbagging <laughs> yeah the observer <laughs> right right at the be- beginning of one of the attacks yeah, yeah that was amazing um I, did, I obviously results they don't matter that much but i did i did expect pacific to win 2-0 honestly I, I think most of the people on pacific were pretty evenly matched with the people on atlantic and then pacific had to reinforce on top of that so yeah i expect that to happen um pacific definitely they in this situation pacific didn't practice whatsoever they were the ones that didn't practice it seems whoever doesn't <laughs> practice wins pretty much um, yeah. And Crumbs didn't even know he was on Pacific. <laughs> in the in the, in the uh, trash talk video beforehand, he 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 thought he was on Atlantic. So overall, uh, let let's talk about the casting first. How about that? Bishu, Custa, yeah. um, Mickey's uh, Mickey Mickey and Agilities were on the desk. Bishu and Custa were casting alongside um, Semler and Golden Boy, right? Yeah. Yeah. They alternated. Yeah. Yep, and then Malik was on the desk. Uh, what yeah, did you think of these players? We didn't get to hear much uh, from the desk, really. Um, a lot of it, we know, was just uh, the casting during the match. But uh, I thought Acosta did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, like we were talking about um, earlier, you know, we still had a, a friendly Australian accent uh, in the caster's booth, <laughs> even yep. while Uber was playing. Boy, he, yeah, custom Bishu, you know, they, they really got excited about it, I thought. So it was cool to uh, cool to hear how much they enjoyed it also. Yeah, they definitely uh, got like, excited. Like I said, I wish we, we could have heard a little bit more from uh, from Mickey or Agilities because I'm sure they would have had good things to say. But, uh, but yeah, it was good. I, I, the, only th- the only other thing I would change about uh, this particular event is that I, I wish they would have gone to map three because uh, map three of course was lucio ball <laughs> yeah lucio ball <laughs> would have been interesting that would have been even more fun to watch the the talent play <laughs> yeah uh i think that's almost everyone's complaint was make it longer because uh, <laughs> this is amazing uh so why we could talk about why we think this is so successful so many people point to the trash talk the um, the 
amount of trash talk before this game and the amount of trash talk they allowed every all the players to trash talk each other like before uh, the matches started uh, this event included tons of trash talk and I think uh, a topic we need to discuss after watching this trash talking match right here does Overwatch League in general need more trash talk well I guess one thing I'd say that I probably don't want to have happen uh, is to is what they did for this town of takedown honestly um if to take it to the season two and have um you know each team standing in front at the beginning and do like a you know wrestling style pass the microphone and roast each other before they go up and sit at their computers uh that was fine for an event like this you know with the talent but yeah uh, but to do that you know just at a regular game uh, i feel like that would be a little bit overkill uh that being said i i I definitely would be, or I definitely wouldn't be opposed, um, you, you know, to that that sort of thing becoming more commonplace. Um, you know, I, I think partly it's just the personalities of lots of these players uh, that we get lots of, you, you know, they're all really polite to each other. Yeah. Right? You, you know, lots of good game, you know, oh, I'll do better next time because I'll just go practice and then we'll win. And, um you know, there's places for that, but there's also places for, say, people always saying, I'm the best tracer in the world. Yeah. You know, there's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to, uh, you know, that spreading around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about this guy later in the podcast, but I, I, I go back to a time when uh, Mr. XQC was in the Overwatch League. And I remember uh, Muma and XQC trash talking each other back in stage one. And I think big personalities like XQC definitely make trash talk more widespread around the league. Uh, of course, XQC was not ended up not being in the Overwatch League, and I think things did calm down on the trash talk front for sure. Uh, but I think things like that and rivalries like that are, are just going to happen naturally as, as the league moves on and as it grows bigger. Uh, but yeah, people... Players, I can't remember who specifically tweeted about. It was someone on the San Francisco Shock, I think, tweeted about how no one wants to trash talk because everyone practices in the same facility, and and there's a chance that you end up in the urinal next to the person you trash talked to. I remember seeing that. Might have been like Dante or something. Yeah, I can't. It was someone on the San Francisco Shock for sure. But um, yeah, I I think the the casters have have warmed these players up and this event hopefully has warmed these players up to more trash talk because i kn there are definitely personalities in this league that, that that would like to trash talk more carpe for one I, and um fissure i think those two would love love some more trash talk save you'll be has always been a trash talker i mean they're all out there they, they just need maybe they just need an event like this to say hey it's okay to do this you know um but d don't do it to like to the extent XQC did and get suspended, obviously. Yeah. We'll talk more about that later. But uh, yeah, overall, Overwatch League always could use some more trash talk. I agree with you, though. That would be very awkward if they were forced to trash talk before every game or something like that, because <laughs> not everybody's a trash talker. So just naturally let it happen. Yeah. All right, next was uh, Lockout Elimination. I did not know what to... We both didn't know what to expect going into this because we had never seen anything like it. Um, this is the one event I was kind of like, meh, on, honestly. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Yeah, it was... I don't know. I 
I would like some more indication of like who like which heroes are now locked out which heroes can they not play and stuff like that it was just hard to keep track of it yourself kind of I guess yeah uh, so that part just didn't matter as a spectator to me yeah the, the talent was trying to help out with a little bit with that but there's only so much so many times you can say oh well they use Lucio so I guess they can't do that anymore before yeah. it kind of gets old <laughs> oh yeah and it it would have been hard to like fit on the sc- screen somewhere say like all these heroes are gone or something it's true but uh, it was still fun to watch and interesting to watch. And um, Sable Dew was in this match too, right? I think Sable Dew was having fun all weekend. So that <laughs> just made things enjoyable. Uh, Pacific ended up winning this one, and Pacific ended up winning Widow one v one. So they like took that day overall, if you could, if you could say that. I guess <laughs> they won three yeah. two in a reverse sweep fashion. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, lockout elimination. That was like a. It was a fine game mode. It was, I don't know. It was very similar to Mystery Heroes to me because just because we couldn't see the lockout strategy part of it as a spectator, yeah. really. Oh, going back to Mystery Heroes for a second, I just remembered um, that at one point we had uh, might have been like Gesture or something. Going back to look at their, yeah, yeah, Gesture. I think uh, trying to jump off the map <laughs> to change his hero. Oh yeah, <laughs> for that. Yeah, but yep. you, you cannot do that. Do that. You, can, you informed me of that last week as well. You cannot do that. Uh, yeah, but lockout, and also like I predicted last week, lockout, there was no like, there were, was rarely like 1v1s or something like that to end a round, you know? It was always just like one team kind of dominated. Yeah. Um, and you would see it there, very often, you'd be like, oh, there's this one guy versus five people, and then it would be like, it's Overwatch. There's no way he's going to do that. Exactly. This is they'd, they'd just be off hiding somewhere on the map. and <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Ever, the cast would be like, oh, can he do it? Like, no, he cannot do that. Well, it, and also we had Mickey uh, spamming voice lines like that entire yeah, round. Oh so yeah, that's so that, annoying. That was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> just spamming it the entire time. Our dark um, pays off. Yep. And then uh, the next day was the actual All-Star game. Um What'd you what'd you think of the All Star game? I know I wasn't too hyped about it, but what'd you think? Uh, I thought it went pretty well. Um, uh, you, you know, for for the show match that it was, I thought it went pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought, uh, you know, both teams were taking the opportunity, you know, have some fun with their compositions, have some fun with their uh, with their rosters. I mean, from Atlantic, we saw uh, six supports for a round. We saw six DPS for a round. We saw six tanks for a round. Yeah. Uh, on the Atlantic side, I don't know if Pacific ever did something like that, but uh, Pacific only it, did all Los Angeles Valiant. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they had <laughs> one of the maps. It was just there when they played Rialto. It was just LA Valiant versus the Atlantic Division. <laughs> yep. Um, which also, yeah, they played Rialto. That was cool. Yeah, that was because cool. uh, we haven't seen that in in uh, in Tier One Pro Play before. Uh, they also obviously were playing on the Hammond Patch uh, this whole weekend, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that was with the support changes included. I didn't actually check. I think it must have been because they were playing lots of Ana. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, it was cool to watch. Atlanta, um, Atlantic, uh, like we said, won it. Uh, took that four to zero, four to one. Um, uh, so yeah, they, they actually had clinched it by uh, uh, by the completion of Ilios. But uh, they went ahead and took it to a fifth map as well. Um, yeah. 
but it, yeah i mean fun times to watch it's, <laughs> that's about all you can say yeah i was glad that they i was glad that they didn't like limit it to four maps or three maps they they yeah. extended it to all five maps because i was like those people that bought tickets to the arena today are not going to be excited if, if this is yeah, a three map play game. for 90 minutes and then leave <laughs> yeah um but yeah i agree for the show match it was it was fun um the players definitely tried to entertain us and that's what you always hope for in an all-star game for sure uh, and a lot of people, even in sport all-star games, argue like they should just completely make it like not for anything at all because a lot of all-star games have it. So it's very serious. And if you win this, you get home field advantage in the World Series or whatever. And I, I'd like it. I'd like it so more. More all-star games are like this, just for fun, so the players can just like goof off and stuff like that. Because uh, there were tons of players that came into today saying this doesn't matter at all. I'm just gonna kind of be funny and entertain we, people we had movement playing Symmetra seriously yeah. so that was oh. cool well as as seriously as you can get but <laughs> not in mystery heroes he deliberately he deliberately picked he Symmetra. Cho- yeah so. Symmetra <laughs> Symmetra all-star weekend was a success it's um, true but we, i gotta say there was more torb there was more torb this weekend than Symmetra. We, we we had the very first ever nano boosted torb hammer kill in the yeah. Overwatch league <laughs> we <laughs> go, made go watch history. go watch Elios well if if that's the one map of um of this game you go watch you go watch Elios well so you can watch the nano uh nano boosted hammer torp kill history was made <laughs> all good right old, good old captain planet put up a little sidebar he says yeah that happened oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah overall as we said before just a fun weekend things like that happened um and it was it was it that as fun as it was, that's a great way to end the entire season. Just on a fun, nice, good note, you know, where we kind of say goodbye to all our favorite casters and players for a bit. And, uh, you know, round off season one. Uh, the last last topic I want to talk about for All-Star Weekend is the Dennis Havelka Award. Um, of course, Internet Hulk unfortunately passed away and and blizzard has has been so nice to honor his name with with an award given to uh the most the player that has the most positive impact uh in the overwatch league and of course who else besides mickey to get it um very well deserving uh and it, it was great to see him come up there uh with monty and uber and it seemed like all of them all of them uber was really good friends with internet hulk and and Monty knew him well, and Mickey, of course, knew him well, too, because Internet Hulk was the one who uh, recruited him to Team Envious and eventually to Dallas Fuel. So Mickey, just uh, the perfect recipient for the first ever uh, Dennis Havelk Award, no doubt about that. Most definitely, yeah. <laughs> Can't choose anybody better. Um, but yeah, seeing seeing that was it was a great moment for sure, and uh, I recommend. I don't know if you've seen it yet on up on Dallas Fuels Twitter. They have a nice little five minute video on it um, oh, to go nice. check it out. Learn more about Internet Hulk, more about how um, the origins of how Team Envious picked up Mickey, uh, which it, is it's really a great story, and a really good write up as well on uh, OverwatchLeague dot com too. Yeah, yeah, both of those are, called, are very uh, good. Po- positively Mickey. It's the name of that. So, yep, a great title. All right, now let's get into now that we're done with all star all star weekend things. Um, 
this week we've got the ending of two two events first the summer games event that ends this thursday august 30th and competitive season 11 ends tomorrow as we're recording this uh, august 28th so let's talk about summer games first what'd you think of this summer games i think this is the third summer games we've had uh that yes. sounds right it's the first one i've been around for yeah, uh, nice. but but yeah that's uh that sounds right yeah so it was good uh got to play uh copa lucia ball finally it's cool i placed like low gold so that was fun nice um uh, i didn't um uh, for whatever reason i didn't uh, usually i play enough to get lots of loot boxes but i didn't really this time uh so i ended up with like a mexico flag and a spain flag and that's like all the flags that i got for the player icons um i got the winged victory mercy but of course that's uh that's an old one i don't think i got any of the new summer game skins or anything that's still a great skin though yeah this is it's true that's one it's one of the best ones yeah mercy uh, mercy and diva just have the best skins in the game yeah uh but yeah it was good i mean uh new lucio ball map for if you care about that i guess yeah uh, uh yeah the new lucio ball map was fine they didn't it was there was nothing like new about it right it was the same as the old one it was just like a different backdrop i guess yeah yeah just different skin of the lucio ball map yeah yeah <laughs> um overall summer it was a it was okay i think there were a lot of complaints at the beginning of the summer games event i can't remember what for they were just underwhelmed kind of yeah i think just that they were doing summer games again um because if you remember back at the the anniversary events or i guess it was even retribution event uh they were talking about uh well yeah so anniversary they were talking about oh we're gonna bring back all our old skins all or whatever you can all get you can you can unlock them you can uh buy them all during the anniversary event um and people were you know hoping that that would meant uh, that they were gonna uh, come up with some new events right yeah to, to, to you know that we wouldn't do summer games necessarily this year or we might uh you know the christmas event will always have that halloween event will always have that but you know change up summer games or change up something like that um, yeah. yeah so i think par- partly people were just disappointed that that didn't happen but yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, from the beginning, Summer Games was the first ever event that Overwatch held. Ever was Summer Games. I remember it, and I remember them announcing like because everyone was upset at how much these skins cost, and I would and they were like, "Well, we want them to be rare. We want like not everyone in the game to have these skins." And um, then they finally announced, "Oh, well, this isn't this isn't going to be the first time this event happens. They might come back." And that's when I was like, uh, "Like, I, I don't know. I, I kind of want these skins to be rare, and I also don't want summer games to happen every year, especially because summer games was based off the Olympics because the Olympics were happening, that <laughs> which year. actually happened two years ago. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "Well, just bring it back every four years because that's every the Olympics happen every four years." Um, that's true. But they were like no we're gonna do it every year and that's when i got very sad because i was like well i want like different events and i want different skins and i and overall at the time the skins that they were putting in the game that weren't event based were just a lot better in general than the ones from the events because it just limited them to to certain skins i think um but yeah i i think that hopefully Blizzard got the feedback here, and I, I totally agree with the anniversary event. If you just bring back all the skins of the game for that, and then you can make variety, um, 
have more variety in your in your events than instead of just doing the same events over and over again every year because it it does i do get sick of that or change up the brawls or something you know come up with which i guess they kind of did uh you know when they put yeti hunt in uh for this last winter event uh but you know maybe this halloween we'll see something other than junkenstein who knows yeah I, i would love that for sure uh competitive season 11 what do you think of this competitive season as far as meta goes as far as changes they made um overall what do you think i I guess part of it it's it's harder to characterize um just because of the lack of uh the overwatch league right in in, in this season yeah uh, particularly playing on this patch um it's so there's not there's not as much going there um, you know, obviously we've got, uh, I think Wrecking Ball's been in competitive at least for a while. Yeah. Uh, and all, all these new stuff, support changes, um, those sorts of things. Uh, Widow got a slight nerf. Um, you know, I don't know if that's, uh, how much that's going to do at the pro level really, but, uh, you know, trying to take care of that uh, double sniper that was really common uh, there at the end of the Overwatch League season. Yeah. Um, yeah, still, you know, we're trying to feel, feel out still, um, you know, the way Hannah's going to fit in, the way uh, some of these new comps are going to work out. Uh, but I think definitely by by this next season twelve, they'll be um, they'll be a lot more solidified for sure. Yeah, um, I definitely I, I enjoyed the meta of the summer actually. So overall, with Overwatch, I've always watched Overwatch. I've been on and off as a player. Uh, and this summer I, I really got back into it, especially I think like mid July. Yeah. Mid July, I got back into competitive and I, I've been playing consistently since then. And I, I, I've been really into it, really enjoying it. I've been playing some Zenyatta and I, I, I'm a diva player and diva has almost always been in the meta. So as a diva player, I almost never complain about the meta, which is <laughs> an issue for me, I guess. Um, because I, 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 when Brigitte first came in, I was upset because it was a counter to, I was just getting stunned constantly as D.Va, so I didn't like that. That was like probably the first change I was like upset about as a D.Va main, but, uh, you know, D.Va's always been viable. There's nothing I, I can complain about. Um, and, and talking about, um, well, you, you know, an uncertain meta is a good meta, really. Yeah. Uh, to, to talking about that, you know, if, if there isn't, you know the one composition that everybody runs uh you, you know that, that's that's the way i think blizzard is is trying to go for every season so and i think that's this meta i don't think there is a certain strategy that works super well yeah except for maybe exploit the hammond bugs while they're still around <laughs> yeah that's that's a great strategy i love that strategy <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah hammond at lower ranks where i'm at right now hammond is like I feel like Hammond's hard, harder to deal with. No one, he's got a lot of health, a lot of. It's probably just as a diva player, I can't deal damage to him. But yeah, uh, yeah. Overall, I enjoy competitive season eleven. I, I don't, I don't think comp- competitive has been as far as changes goes. It's been pretty stable as far as how ranking up works and stuff like that. So, and I think it's consistently been pretty good. Uh, and I think the meta is pretty good. So I, I just. Bring me season 12 as soon as you can because I want to get back on comp. 
Let's get into the news now. Uh, we've got some news from this past week. Next episode will be exclusively news as we don't have any events this weekend or this week. Uh, but news, XQC. Let's start out with our, our man XQC. Um, of course, if you didn't hear uh, on stream, one of XQC's accounts, he uh, got banned uh, for abusive chat. Just a little over two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, um, and it was like a 15-day ban or something like that. Um, but yeah, he he got banned in-game, and to play, he's on the World Cup, Canadian World Cup team, and to play in the World Cup, you have to have, your count has to have a good standing, and um, I believe it has ended, it has ended now yesterday, his, his ban. Yeah in-game has ended now yesterday so technically it is in good standing by the time that they play which is in two weeks and um yeah they the overwatch world cup just issued a warning to xqc nothing more than just a warning saying this there's there's a rule in here that if your account isn't in good standing then then we we're not going to let you play um just just a warning you know (laughs) How, how do you how do you think what do you think about how how Blizzard, Overwatch World Cup, Overwatch League? What do you think about how they've handled XQC and Felix's his, his bans and all his suspensions so far? I don't know. I guess it's not surprising. Uh, I think in general, Blizzard would be interested in him playing in you know things like the Overwatch World Cup uh, or the Overwatch League. Um, because uh, you know, of all the people that that follow him, you know, giant Twitch following, uh, giant social media following, and I think for that reason, um, they, they would be at least a little bit hesitant to, you know, completely ban him from the league or completely, um, you know, do any of this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Then again, uh, it, to do that would really remove uh, one of Team Canada's tanks, also. Um, put them in an awkward position uh, with note uh, and chain. I guess would be their two, their two tanks. But, uh, but yeah, I guess I'm not surprised really overall. Uh, I know when they were playing, uh, Team Canada versus Team Australia had a had a show match uh, that they did. You can go watch that on uh, Jane's YouTube channel. But uh, he was competing, I guess, on one of his alt accounts, which of course is called Band Player. So. <laughs> thought that was interesting yeah a but, great uh, name great yeah. comedic name there uh yeah ex- overall i i pers- personally think blizzard overwatch league all these all these organizations have handled xqc very cautiously and very well they obviously would love it if xqc could be a part of the overwatch league or a part of the overwatch world cup he brings in a lot of viewers he brings in a lot of hype he has tons of fans um but the they're they're just being fair. They're not going to treat him like like he's any better than anybody else. If he makes a mistake, he's going to get suspended. He's going to get fined. Um, and they never they, they they're always giving him chances. You know, they're never just like you cannot play in Overwatch League or you cannot play in Overwatch World Cup ever again or anything like that. He's never done anything to that offense. They just they've given him. I believe both times they gave him four game suspensions for both of his offenses in Overwatch League. It was just that Dallas ended up dropping him. Um, and Dallas ended up suspending him for longer at first and then dropping him, I think. Um, and 
yeah, just overall they the XQC was just too much to handle for for Dallas really, and I don't blame them if they're one of their best players is getting suspended all the time. Uh, but overall, I think Blizzard has has always been always been had the mindset of XQC. If you if you behave like we want you to play, so just behave <laughs> basically. <laughs> The question is, is that attainable? <laughs> so, <laughs> that is, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I do, based off what XQC has said, he said he's gotten a lot of offers already. I do expect XQC to be in Overwatch League next season, if he yeah. wants to be. So we'll see if he can do it. Uh, speaking of Overwatch League, let's move into some Overwatch League news. The San Francisco Shock announced on August 22nd uh, their... They're, I think they're the first team to announce them dropping players. They're dropping three players: Nomi, yeah. Dehack, and IDDQD. All yeah, three. If, if you don't count London, uh, they're at oh, sort of London. the end of the season. But yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, first off season. Yeah. Off season. Off season tri- dropping, releasing of players: Nomi, Dehack, IDDQD. You surprised at all by these players? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, uh, they've, they've got. You know, pretty worked pretty well worked out on their um, support line um you know with uh, moth and sleepy yep uh, this, you know they play the playing them lots uh, here at the end of the season I mean uh, you, you know it's, it's one of those things you know you're always trying to trying to improve your roster um, I mean IDDQD what played like one map all yeah. season yep. <laughs> uh, you, you know for that reason I wouldn't be surprised if fusion releases uh Joe Meister too um uh, but it's a, it's a different team, but yeah, um, it, it, yeah. I, I can't say I'm surprised really. Uh, I'll have to see if they bring in uh, any additions uh, yeah, to we'll you know see. to replace them. We'll see if this confirms them like re-signing all the players that they haven't mentioned here, or what what that means for the rest of the players. Uh, but yeah. I did EQD. I expected that one. It's they never they just never gave this guy a chance. And to be fair. They have really good DPS players. Yeah. Um, but Dante, yeah, Dante and Architect, very good. But IDDQD's been here since the very beginning, since beta. Um, but he's he's never been like an outstanding player necessarily. So I, I expected him to be in Overwatch League, but his role was also expected. Everything that's happening to him, I expected at this point. Nomi and Dehack. Uh, yeah, Dehack was v- well known as probably the worst mercy player in the game in stage one um and he got replaced by moth uh he's a, he's a good lucio player but overall mercy is just more meta um and uh, all three of these are are expected uh we have we'll probably have six more teams this this season so hopefully these these three players can get a chance with those six teams there's more spots in the league available IDUD could possibly be on in the starting lineup. Who knows? But speaking of of these re- these people being released, Dallas, Mr. Hastro, the has has announced himself um, that news about their offseason, Dallas Fuel, and changes will begin to roll out this week that we are speaking of right now. Which uh, if we go back to to the to my favorite article written on overwatchleague.com called titled so you want to build a new roster it includes all the key dates for us of the off season um and september 9th is when the inaugural season agreements officially end and any players 
that are not under contract are going to become free agents on September 9th. That is about two weeks from now. Um, so I do expect from this from this Dallas announcement, uh, from the San Francisco announcement last week, I do expect now that the All-Star game is over, now that we don't have any competition um, until about September 7th is when the All-Star is and NA Contenders is, I expect some re-signing to happen, some releases to happen, maybe some trades to happen. Um, because September 9th, if you do not have your players under contract, they will become free agents and will be open to the expansion teams to sign first. Um, so the, in this in this upcoming week, do you have any predictions? Mm. Uh, I guess I already mentioned one. Uh, you know, probably probably Joe Meister's going. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say it, uh, you know, because again, Philly is the team I know best. But uh, I hate to say it, they're probably going to have to drop. Uh, well, I don't know; they might not, but they're they're probably going to have to drop uh, one of their DPS players too, whether that's Shadowburn or Snello. Um, pro- probably Shadowburn, honestly, uh, which is a shame because you know we've seen how good he is. Yeah. Um, as far as other teams go. Uh, I don't know. Nothing comes to mind really at the moment. I, I'm sure, uh, you know, we talked about Dallas. I'm sure Dallas is going to make some big changes. Uh, I'm sure Seoul is going to make some big changes. Yeah, all uh, eyes are on teams like Seoul, Dallas, San Francisco. Shanghai. Yeah, Shanghai, like Houston. These teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, all eyes are on them because they're yeah. going to have to. Well, right now is more of a, if if they're going to obtain new players, then it's going to be a trade. Um but right now, it's going to be all about choosing who they re-sign because free agent free agency doesn't start until October for these teams that we currently know of. Um, so they can't sign any any free agents from anyone else. It'll be a trade or something like that. Uh, but I think the biggest thing right now is signing players from their affiliated contenders teams um, for either those those um, two way contracts that we heard that we heard about where they can play in both contenders and Overwatch League or for a full Overwatch League. Um, contract or something like that because if they don't sign them to either of those I believe that they're just free agents in general um, for yeah. any team to sign So, but, and, and thank you for reminding me about that because yeah, again, speaking as the, the Philly Fusion person yeah, uh, I can expect uh, who are you going to come on, uh, probably take Shadowburn's spot in the roster, I would think yeah. actually, yeah, uh, from, from Fusion University, um, they're both uh, uh, projectile DPS players primarily, uh, you know where he's got an amazing Genji, so um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. Yeah, so I I expect contenders signings to happen. Those are the big announcements. Um, and every I believe in the inaugural season, every contract was just a one year deal. Yeah. Um, so everyone's everyone that they want to keep is going to have to be re-signed this year. They can actually make up to three year di- up to three year deals. Um, actually, can be up to. I think up to four four years because they can add one year as an option. I'm not like an expert on player contracts or anything like that, but um, yeah, you could finally sign players for more than one year. So we know that everyone that they want to keep, they're going to have to be re-signed, um, stuff like that. So we'll get a lot of re-sign. Hopefully teams announce their re-signings. I know there's been a lot less publicity on contracts in Overwatch League than as than in in other leagues and that's just going to happen because it's a young league um compared to 
obviously sports leagues where you know every detail of everybody's contract which is kind of insane i guess um but yeah we'll get we'll get some contenders uh signings as some re-signings and then we'll know basically we'll know everyone that everyone that's a free agent everyone that these teams are not re-signing that don't feel are worth to be worth it to be on their team anymore um so we'll know all the free agents by september 9th exciting stuff (laughs) yeah uh, besides that, on the news front, Overwatch League and Twitter announced uh, a multi-year content deal. Um, so I actually didn't see it. It was supposed to be getting with All-Star Weekend. Did you check uh, up on anything? It's supposed to like make it so highlights are either real or real-time highlight clips um, from All-Star Weekend and all this stuff are supposed to be uploaded to Twitter very easily. And they're going to have a live weekly show. Watch points going to be on uh, streamed on Twitter. Hopefully, not just Twitter and still on Twitch. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, this whole announcement, um, you know, I, I've sort of been a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit, a little bit hesitant to form an opinion. Uh, like you said, it's not really clear exactly what they're going to do. But um, uh, yeah, near real time video highlights. Um, you know, in theory, that's what. Overwatch League Twitter does already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, whatever it is, um, definitely there's been an influx of money, uh, which is good for the league, I guess. Or uh, yeah, I don't know. It's we'll have to see exactly how that plays out next season. Because um, we'll again, it's yeah. primarily for the 2019 season. But yeah, we'll see. Because it, it is private. Twitter, their Overwatch League Twitter is actually very good at uploading highlights, like almost pretty close to when they when they happened near real time (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what i would call it near real time but i don't know how much more near real time you can get unless they like twitter has some sort of api or something like that that they can hook up to the observer room and the observers are like that's a good highlight and they just tweet it out like by pressing a button or something like that but i don't know (laughs) we'll we'll see how much it improves our real-time twitter highlight viewing um there's a PTR patch that was released, of course, at Games at Gamescom. That's what it's called, right? Gamescom. We had uh, a new Diva animated short that we can get into a little bit later, but we had a new map, Busan. Korea finally gets a map, and I think this is I, I like it. I like it a lot. It's another control map. Control maps are amazing, um, and it's the three the three points on this map have some. They're pretty different. Uh, art style wise and art direction wise and where they and what they sort of look like what do, what do you think of the map uh, i like it especially um compared to the rest of the control maps um, not that uh you know not that there's anything inherently wrong with them but it's very it's a very different approach uh to control maps really because uh, we've got the the three points uh obviously we have uh, downtown uh where they're playing, you know, one spawn is a PC bang and the other is a uh, karaoke uh, place, which is interesting. You know, if you play uh, Reinhardt in that particular spawn room, uh, he actually sings some karaoke. <laughs> so it's kind of, I don't, I don't know if you knew that. That's kind of yeah, cool. I did. Yep. Pretty funny. Uh, uh, and then the point is, the point actually on downtown is super interesting if you haven't pulled it up yet, because um, it's, it's like at the same time exposed and also really well covered. It's it's really hard to describe. 
Um, one complete side is there for environmental kills, all that. It's it's going to be interesting to look at. Yeah, downtown, I, I was watching, I haven't personally gone onto it myself, uh, but I was watching Seagull go through all of them, and downtown's definitely more like a widow-oriented map, lots of high ground, and it's like... Lots of high ground on downtown, yeah, yeah. Lots of high ground. The point's very down low. There's like a lot a lot of different, uh, height. there's lots of different height on that map. Uh, but it's kind of got like a ramp around the point. Kind of reminds me of like Oasis's uh, point. Where yeah, like on City called. Center. Yeah, City Center. Um, but yeah, th- I, this one is very interesting. The spawns are amazing. Um, <laughs> you had that like dance, dance, dance revolution thing too that you can play in the spawn. Um, it's true. Yeah. That, uh-huh. uh, lots put in lots put into that um sanctuary is very very different thematically from from downtown um it's more of a kind of reminds me of like nepal mixed with like lijong tower kind of vibes coming out of it um but yeah uh this one is almost the complete opposite no high ground whatsoever (laughs) um there's actually no high ground it's very low it's very flat um and Siegel was talking about how uh, goats comp the big, big old tanks are going to be really good on this map just because of the fact that there's no high ground. Yeah, and unless, uh, or, or, assuming that they raise the skybox on uh, Busan Sanctuary, because right now it's really low, uh, but if they raise the skybox at all, that means far also is going to be really good on that map. Yeah. Um, not only against the tanks, but uh, just in general. In fact, uh, the point, uh, again, right in the middle of the map, it's it's got a giant drum on it. First of all, it's a really tiny point, yeah. um, just geographically. And then lots of the space is taken up by this giant drum in the middle. Um, and it, it's it's sheltered by this sort of gazebo thing. But actually, if you fly above that as far, uh, there isn't a ceiling. Yeah. Um, so, so you can just you know rain rock some of the point however you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's really unique because again, really, really small point, uh, but then there's lots of space around it too. Uh, like if you think of Oasis City Center um, or Nepal Sanctum or um, like Lijiang Gardens, uh, all these points that you know the point is the area that you fight in. Uh, that there isn't uh, that the point takes up that entire room. For example, in Lijiang Gardens. Um, and once you leave that building, then you're off the point. Yeah. Whereas on whereas on Busan Sanctuary, uh, there's just like in the middle of a giant field. There's so much extra space that isn't the point. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, that, that's a change that I'll be interested to see uh, how exactly that, how exactly that works out. Definitely such definitely the smallest point on a control map. Very very small. Um, this this is probably going to be a very interesting map. Siegel didn't like it. Siegel didn't like this map, but. Um, Last one is Mecha Base. Uh, this one is once again very different in style. A lot more um, technology in this one. A lot more. It's where divas, divas bases, kind of the Mecha Base. All the all the other mechs are displayed here of her friends. Um, who went, rest in peace to them. Uh, we'll t- in the in the animated short, of course. Um, but yeah, th- this one is is another interesting map. I I really like just Busan overall and how different each point is and um I, I think they're all they all seem pretty balanced and they all bring different styles and i i hope that this is a 
popular map in Overwatch League. Uh, I, I believe it will be because we've got a lot of Koreans in the league and a lot of people from Busan probably. Yeah, Mecha Base, of course, um, bringing in lots of different flanking routes. Uh, like there's even one that goes under the point almost, yeah. uh, which is kind of cool to see. And we have the uh, first example of uh, there's actually there's actually moving cover on the point. Oh yeah, uh, the three walls on either side of it. The fourth one is open to the uh, to the ocean to the environmental hazard, but three walls on either side of the point uh, that actually go up and down every like uh, 13 to 15 seconds. Uh, to either provide cover or not for the people on the point, which will be super interesting to see uh, how that sort of thing is taken care of. Uh, apparently, there's at least a few small bugs uh, that I assume they're going to be working on. Like you could put a Symmetra turret um, on the wall underground, like when it sinks down, and then you can't kill it. So fun that's stuff like that. But... Yeah, that's not a good bug. <laughs> that's people. People will uh, abuse that for sure if they let that go through. Uh, yeah. Of course, it's only on BTR. It ain't in live yet. There's no issues going on quite yet. But I, I like Busan, and I, I really think that um, Blizzard's been on a roll with these maps. I like Rialto, um, and hopefully I'll like Busan too. It's it's looking like it's good. I, I'll like any control map they put out, probably. Control's just my favorite game mode. Besides that, uh, sh animated short, Shooting Star, what what'd you think? Uh, shooting Star was cool. I thought, uh, I mean, you know, not the least of which is because that we haven't seen an animated short in forever. I don't know how yeah. long it's been, but yeah, how long? Has uh, it been? What? Because Reinhardt was the last one. Is yeah, that I think accurate? So. Yeah. So that was that was several months ago. Um, but it, yeah, uh, Shooting Star was cool. We we got to hear uh, more about um, the like Diva's personality, really, because you know, lots of her voice lines, lots of her chatter in the game is all. Like super peppy, but we we see that she's actually, uh, at least in this in this short, she seems to be a little bit little bit more serious. Um, very determined. Uh, yeah, very determined. She's got sort of the weight of uh, Busan on her shoulders almost. Oh yeah. Um, we got uh, obviously you know included scenes uh, from this new map, uh, particularly from Mecha Base, so that's kind of cool. Then um, we got a big uh, big space battle. You know, yeah. if you're if, if you're a, it wasn't really in space, but if you're a Star Wars fan, <laughs> it's it's like a Star Wars space battle. Well, yeah, it's very similar to Star Wars. I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, and we got uh, we we got to see the, like the first instance of like a 15 second defense matrix. So that was cool. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really yeah. I, my favorite part was seeing like that there were more than more mechs than just her. Unfortunately. Um, all her, all the other mechs, all the people in the mechs died, but um, it was. It was... It, and I wasn't sure if uh, if it looked like they had died or if um, like divas they had just like been been demeched or something and somehow gotten away. That wasn't really yeah. make it. It wasn't really made True. clear. They didn't like, imply you, that. Yeah, because on the little screen, it just popped up on their face, you know, like with a little repair icon. Like yeah, true, so, true. You never know. It's family friendly. They didn't die. All right, they're alive. <laughs> yeah. No, no one ever dies. Heroes <laughs> we, never die. Yeah, and then we got like Diva's friend-zoned boy friend guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we just got more lore around Diva in general and the people around her because we we only know about Diva and how she's this insanely popular person in Korea, but we don't know anything about her friends or family or any of that stuff. We we got we got to know a little bit more about her, and that's the point of the animated shorts. Um, 
and I would like give me a just give me an Overwatch like Netflix show or something like that already. Ooh, that'd be nice. Yeah, uh, because these animated uh, since the beginning, I think when they announced Overwatch, they had their first animated short with the Punch Kid in it, with the guy with the cast. Oh yeah, and uh, that since that, I that honestly made me fall in love with Overwatch. So they should just just keep making more of these. Like I'm, I, I can't believe they took that long of a break between animated shorts. I completely forgot that they did these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, overall, a fu- just an episode of On the Flank filled with fun. The All-Star Game, the, the all this news. Hopefully next week we get some more Overwatch League news we can dive into, and we should, according to according to the Dallas Fuel, we will be getting news from them. So hopefully other teams join on in and uh, drop players, re-sign players. Just, just give us some news. Um, we, we do want we do to talk about the, this, the rest of this PTR patch, though. Um, Oh, yes. Just because like, there, there were a few small changes on this BTR patch, um, so lots of bug fixes. Uh, various heroes, uh, Earth Shatter got a rework. Uh, it says now we'll consistently hit enemies near walls. No longer will hit enemies that enter the damage cone after the wave has passed that area. Uh, no longer will damage enemies behind barriers blocking it, even if the barriers later dropped or destroyed. Um, and we'll always travel up inclines and around the payload. Uh, it's described as a complete overhaul. Uh, to combat inconsistencies, so we'll we'll see how that works with uh, with Reinhardt. Obviously, we know Earth Shatter has been buggy for a while. <laughs> yeah. um, Brigitte's Shield Bash now also can uh, interact with uh, uh, Doomfist Rocket Punch and Reinhardt Charge. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, it's a, a little bit of a buff to her. her. Uh, well, yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, well, it's kind of it's a yeah, it's a nerf, right? Because she could stun a, a charging Reinhardt, could she? Oh, that is and what it is. She, and now she cannot. She, but, uh, I forgot. I thought it was the other way around that yeah, um, that so, Reinhardt couldn't ever charge. But yeah, no, that makes more sense. Yeah, so yeah. it is a little bit of nerf. So if she shields, it's a lot like a Reinhardt charging another Reinhardt. If she shield yeah. bashes a charging Reinhardt, she just falls down a lot like that. Um, and same with the Doomfist. But um, yeah, yeah, a bunch of quality of life changes here. Yeah, several bug fixes, um, and then uh, some Hammond changes also uh, that are notable. Um, there have been uh, two bugs. Uh, Jane put out a really nice video uh, on this that actually inspired um, a, a PTR patch, which is kind of cool. Uh, but there were two bugs um, currently on live. Yeah, current, two bugs currently on live for Hammond, uh, one of which is his pile driver. If you uh, pile drive onto... Uh, some piece of geometry that isn't flat, like for example the payload. Um, it, it, the pile driver would actually deal damage twice to the people around it. Once when you hit the payload, and the second time when you slid off and hit the ground. Uh, that was fixed um, in this PTR patch. Um, as has an issue with his uh, pile drive damage drop off as well, uh, which is good. Uh, those were uh, pretty significantly, um, you know, overpowering him. Yep. Um, with that move, so hopefully we'll be. Uh, Jane's concern was hopefully that uh, those bug fixes will be put through to the Overwatch World Cup patch um, again because we have some of that coming up uh, next weekend. Yep. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. Hopefully, it does. Um, yeah, I think. But yeah, I, overall I, a good, 
good PTR patch. <laughs> yeah, just some nice quality of life changes. Uh, Earth Shatter definitely needed those those fixes, and I, I I think it should be out by in a couple weeks here. Um, if not Busan, if they need to make more changes with that, just these changes to Reinhardt, Brigitte, and all this all these bug fixes. Um, they definitely I, I think they'll be out in the next two weeks for sure. Uh, so I, I I'm not worried too worried about it, but. Uh, as the time gets closer maybe i'll get a little bit more worried <laughs> um so that that's that's all we got for for this episode of on the flank episode number two uh once again on social media you can follow me i'm at jw george iv or you can follow joe at kirkpatrick underscore inc inc um and you can follow the show at on the flank show on twitter um if you guys want to submit any topics uh, just email us on the flank show at gmail.com or you can mention us on Twitter if you would like. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast, you did find it somehow. Um, but if, if you want to find it in other places, it's on the flank.podbean.com or you can find us on youtube.com um, slash who my channel name is John George. Um, and I got a little playlist going for that. It is now officially on iTunes. We are on iTunes. I'm super excited for that. So if you've got the podcast app on your phone, you can search on the flank and you can press that subscribe button and get a new episode every time we release one. Spotify. The, the link is also in our Twitter bio for that. Okay, cool. So thanks for putting it in our in our Twitter Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Spotify requires us to have five episodes. So once we get five episodes up, it will be on Spotify as well for you Spotify users. Unfortunately, we must end the episode on a sad note. Yesterday, August 26th in Jacksonville, Florida, there was a shooting at a Madden 19 tournament. Our hearts are out to the victims and their families. As an esports fan, I had always worried of a day violence would enter the ever-growing space that I've enjoyed so fondly. It seemed inevitable, and yesterday it happened. With the amount of analysts, reporters, and personalities that blame video games for shootings that happen at schools, churches, and everywhere in between, I cannot fathom the amount that will now do so since it happened at an esports competition. To fight this off, I only ask in this time that as a video game community and a community at large that we join together not only to support these victims and their families, but to help protect, fight for, and ensure the safety of players and attendees at competitions that we love. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next week.